0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, today we're going to take a look at what's happening in the markets. This is a money flow versus a rally. How much of this is tied to what's happening with China, USMCA? A lot of fingers in this market pot. That doesn't even include what's happening on the fundamentals for the livestock side. So we're going to bring in Arlen Suderman with FC Stone to help us digest this all. So let's start out. China. We continue to hear so much talk, and we know that stuff isn't going to happen overnight, Arlen. But at what point do we quit being the cats with the long tails in the rocking chair factories?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been a nervous market. And uh, we we certainly are moving in the right direction. The question is how far in the right direction will we go? And that's, the, that's how the debate has changed now. And I think that we're probably going to continue to have some tumultuous headlines over the coming year. Uh, I'm kind of in the camp that uh there's going to be skepticism and, and uh evidence that China's not living up to the agreement. I think that they will buy more than they were buying. I think they have incentive to do that. But uh I think they'll disappoint, like they usually disappoint on agreements. They make agreements and have a history of not following through. And so that'll create some headlines. And then everyone will be watching, how does President Trump respond to that? How he responds will probably depend on how he's doing in the polls as far as whether he waits until after the elections or takes action before the elections and what kind of action. Um, but a lot of focus has been on the 40 to $50 billion worth of ag commodity purchases. And, um, and, and I think we've really built um, our expectations on whether we reach You know, whether this is a success or not, and whether we reach 50 billion, which is the number originally put out there, and it's been trumpeted quite a bit. Technically, it is possible we could reach it. I would say it's not likely, but it is possible. There are some ways we can do this. And um, I heard an excellent interview with uh, U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer on Tuesday kind of outlining how it could happen some of it is because of some products like wood products that were not previously uh, categorized as ag could be categorized so that's not a direct benefit to ag and some of it is from the increase the meat purchases increased purchases of corn and wheat and a, a host of other products that we normally don't think of so it is possible. I, I remain skeptical whether it's going to happen. But keep in mind, even if we get 30 billion in sales at today's price levels, that would be huge. That would be very significant, and in my opinion, would be a success um, because that would be better than we've we've ever done before, even in years when we had high prices. So uh, I, I think having a little bit of perspective is important. But also keep in mind that if China's got to be going to be have its feet held to the fire to this high standard then it wants to get all the credit in 2020 for that for purchases it makes that it can so what incentive would it have to really encourage purchases before we get to 2020 so i don't we haven't had had many we've had a few purchases there's uh Reports in the cash trade that anywhere from two to six cargoes have been purchased here within the last 24 hours or so um, on a new list of waivers um, that China granted. Uh, But I don't expect a lot of purchases before we turn the calendar to 2020 so that China can actually get credit for it. So the strength we've seen in the market to this point is all about money flow, And, and that's critical Because it was money flow that really buried prices for the year and a half of the trade war. And money flow has the ability to pull us out. It just goes to the fact of what color of lens are the fund managers viewing the current commodity picture. And they're right now looking at it through a much better lens than what they had been for a year and a half. And and that's given us some increased prices.
0: So why are we so stuck on this fifty billion dollars, is that because it was floated out at the beginning, so it's people are thinking it's a written statement?
1: Oh, I think that's a lot of it, and I think a lot of it has to do how do you interpret this whether you like President Trump or you don't like president trump and uh so that tends to make people start arguing the specifics of what he says since he he said that number, which first came from uh um uh, the Chinese in one of their um, conversations they had. I think that's part of it. Um, but I, I think when you look at making progress with China, you, you look at actual progress, not necessarily what they committed to because they're probably not going to reach that level, but you see how close to that level can you get them. And that number is up there so high, and frankly I think this may have been part of the strategies, put that number so high so that you can pull them further toward it. If the goal had been $30 billion and they fell short, then they may have actually imported twenty billion, and that would would have been a big disappointment. So you put it at fifty billion, hoping you can pull them to thirty to thirty five billion, which would be a big improvement. in And perhaps that's what's behind it. I don't know.
0: You talked about the kind of the sniffing around and seeing some purchases, and I know that ethanol has been one that's been discussed. Is this just goodwill going into these final document discussions as they put it through the different language barriers?
1: You know, we're not really hearing it from the negotiators. We're hearing it from cash sources, um, people on the ground, so to speak. And uh, we heard a lot of interest over the last year and a half of purchasing ethanol, U.S. ethanol. And it does kind of make sense for China's need right now. Um, But will they do it? And that's been very hard to read. Uh, There was a Bloomberg story that came out uh, uh, this week indicating uh, that uh, China was working to lift or to waive tariffs on ethanol to allow U.S ethanol to be imported, and also some unconfirmed reports that uh, cash buyers were nosing around and inquiring on prices in the United States for some ethanol. So maybe it will happen. That would be one of the sleeper issues that would be positive.
0: Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we head into part two of the Fontenelle Final Bell for you on this Wednesday. Arlen Siderman is joining us. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontanelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As Arlen Suderman continues to join us as part two, let's take a look at what's happening. This is the kind of the last trading week um, of 2019 where it's a full, complete week with holidays kind of smashed in between... Has the holiday tone already been kind of factored into these markets?
1: Uh, to some extent it has, not fully, but you do raise a good point. That means if we have uh, holidays each of the next two weeks, we have shortened slaughter weeks on the livestock side. And uh, that means we're going to be uh, moving fewer animals through processing fewer animals. So that does impact, uh, does impact trade. It impacts demand as well.
0: South America, with their weather and their timing, and even here in the States, I mean, our weather's looking pretty decent for our, for our cattle, and we'll dive into that more. But for the crop growing in South America, how are things looking?
1: Yeah, we've got some dry areas in, in Brazil, mostly in fringe production areas that are less concentrated production areas, particularly to the north and the eastern parts of the belt. Um, but overall, we're basically just taking some of the gravy off the top of the crop with this dryness. And so as a result, we're basically looking for what you call a normal crop instead of an above-trend crop over as, a, as an average. In Argentina, uh, we've got uh, quite a bit of dryness over about half of the belt. So it's a bigger concern area. But as I was just looking at some of the latest maps, they're pretty confident in some extensive rains coming up over the next couple of weeks. And it's still very early in the growing season. We have seen some stress on some of the early planted corn as it we went through pollination and early grain till period of time that was just about 10 percent of the of the belt really impacted there so we did do some damage probably some irreversible damage there but on a relatively small portion of the crop and and overall nothing that we can really get excited about that would be market moving in the way of weather risks right now in south america nice to
0: know that uh the weather risks are not here as well uh for the wheat and i look at kansas specifically moisture wise some warmer temperatures do you guys have any concerns
1: you know it's been really dry in the southwestern plains and we even have some wheat that hasn't even germinated yet in that area and that still can happen if we get some moisture and typically and that's why the markets aren't real concerned is typically fall weather really doesn't matter it's what happens in the spring do you get the rains in the spring um but yesterday i was uh kind of online doing a little bit of a webinar with eric snodgrass who some people may know from his twitter presence a uh, pr- uh, private meteorologist and uh looking some of his stuff we were kind of, kind of going through and focusing on all the moisture in the midwest how saturated the soils were and i said okay what's the outlook then for the winter and he was showing me some maps and i said well, what about the spring and and showing me some maps. And and while planning delays are possible this spring, there's no, no big red flags there. But I said, wait a minute, look at all those models, all those maps. Most of them, not all of them, but most of them are very dry for the central and southern plains going through the winter into the spring. He said, exactly right. And he said, when you see drought developing in the Four Corners area, which we do have right now, um, far below normal precipitation that oftentimes then spreads into the spring and, some, and the analogs really do kind of support that, that dryness so this is something a concern for uh, right now about 30% of the hard red winter wheat belt and something we're going to have to watch as we go through the winter into the spring.
0: Jump over to the livestock side. Uh, cattle market we're waiting on the cash do we have some heavyweight concerns going on?
1: Yeah, we did move one pin on the online exchange earlier today, and I think it was $120. So that would be up a little bit more and, and, and be positive for the cash market. But I don't know how much you make out of one pin. Um, overall, this is a market kind of consolidating now, and it, it, I think, fairly well, uh, assesses where the current cash market is at and we're just kind of biding time because that's what the market typically does with shortened slaughter schedules the next two weeks and with the consumer mostly focused on holiday hams rather than on ribeye steaks. And so, uh, uh, it's not till we get past the holidays then we see a seasonal strength in the product market. The product markets are weak right now because of the holidays. Um, that tends to strengthen in the cash market as well.
0: Any other fundamentals that we need to keep an eye on, cattle or hogs, right now? And we never did talk African swine fever.
1: Oh, no, we didn't. African swine fever very much alive. We're seeing those high prices in China, and we do expect to see them if they're going to really get shipments there in time. Uh, with the 30 days to go port to port across the Pacific Ocean in time for their Lunar New Year holiday at the end of January, they're going to have to be uh, increasing those shipments here rather quickly. And so that's what we're watching for now to see if that can happen. And and we're seeing a little bit of an uptick now in the cash hog price here in the States. Um, but mostly it's cautious, waiting to see if we actually see China actually raise those shipment levels now that we agreement.
0: All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Arlen?
1: Uh, intlfcstone.com or my Twitter handle is uh, Arlen, arlenff F F one zero one.
0: And just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Pick it up as a podcast through ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.